Welcome to yet another edition, a special one of the podcast, Offside Musings. Uh, on behalf of my co-host and friend, Emeko Nyagwa, I'd like to welcome you to today's edition. We are going to discuss an event that transpired in Dubai on February 17. Members of the Nigerian Governor's Wives Forum went to visit the First Lady of Nigeria, Aisha Buhari, in Dubai to celebrate her birthday with cake and flowers. The video of these governor's wives uh, serenading the First Lady went viral and, of course, elicited widespread condemnation and outrage within Nigeria and beyond. Shortly after, in fact, just a few days ago, the chairperson of the, the Governor's Wives Forum issued a statement, and that's uh, B.C. Uh, Fayemi, the wife of the Governor of Ekiti State. She issued a statement trying to allay our concerns by saying that the Governor's wives did not go to Dubai for the specific purpose of celebrating the birthday of uh, the uh, First Lady of Nigeria, instead that they had gone to Dubai to participate in the Dubai Expo 2020 and also to uh, meet with investors who are interested in education, technology, and investment in youth, especially women, in Nigeria. And all of this um, raises the question about the role of First Ladies in Nigeria. Do they have a constitutional role? The short answer is no. Therefore, why is it that state governments, as well as the federal government, frequently spend large sums of money propping up the activities that are unconstitutional, not provided for in the Constitution, of women who simply happen to be the spouses of the president or the governor? And why is it that uh, a lot of our officials, including their spouses, are so tone deaf that they don't understand the kind of absurdity that it represents when the wife of the president of Nigeria has to spend her birthday in a foreign space, foreign country, and spends it with such display of obscenity and vulgarity represented by what the, uh, the uh, wives of the governors did in visiting uh, Aisha Buhari. So in today's uh, edition, we're going to look at this, look at what does it mean uh, for policy in Nigeria that our public officials and their wives engage in just uh, inelegant behavior at a time when Nigerians are, Nigerians are suffering from the consequences of COVID, as well as the economic crisis unleashed by fuel scarcity and other issues. I welcome you to today's edition. Stay tuned.
perfect. All right, man. That was amazing. Really amazing, man. What's that? <laughs> well, let, 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 me, let me read something to you, right? All right. So this is in the statement that the uh, wife of the governor of uh, Kitty State, um, uh, Mrs. Erelu B.C. Fayemi, uh, issued, right? Mm -hmm. To sort of um, explain this uh, visit to Buhari's wife uh, in Dubai to celebrate her birthday. So this is the last paragraph of our statement. It's very eye-opening and painful to consider that this is what goes for logic in Nigeria. So it says, our key learnings from our visit to the various agencies in Dubai and the briefings we received points to the need for Nigeria to scale up investments in education, science and technology and provide more opportunities for young people who are the key to the future. We'll continue to address these issues in our work as well as advocate for increased commitments in these areas from our leaders. You know, you know what's painful about this? Well, what's the absurdity here is, is how unthinking um, those who are in the centers of power in Nigeria are. Okay? So this is a statement basically saying that we had to go to Dubai and listen to the presentations by people in Dubai in order to understand that we need to scale up investments in education, science, and technology. Where are these women if the first ladies of the various states in Nigeria have to go to Dubai on a junket, on a jamboree, in order to learn that Nigeria needs to increase its investments in education, in technology, and in youth programs, then our case is beyond remedy. Okay? So it's like you are a father. I'm a father. The equivalent of all of this is to say that I, we have to buy a ticket and maybe go off to Singapore to go and listen to somebody tell us that we need to invest in our children's education. <laughs> or even worse, that we need to make sure that our children have food to eat. Okay? So I'm going to go to Singapore and listen to a man give me a presentation. I'll spend money on, on my flight. I'll spend money uh, in a hotel. And I listen. Oh, should I go and invest in uh, my children's education? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, please, let me copy the note. Okay? Oh, should my children, uh, should I provide food for them? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, go back. Yeah, dictate. I mean, this is so annoying, really. And but what it points out is ultimately that we have to be extremely careful about the... The, the, our, what we invest in offices that have absolutely had no value to Nigerians and the so-called first ladies in Nigeria add zero value to the lives 
of the people in their states or within the country? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's so many things, but I think the one thing I just got from it is nobody seems to care. Mm. I mean, this is a week of, this last two, three weeks, there's been a lot of global events, but that's not the reason, even without, even if it was a calm time, nobody seems to care, you put it anywhere. People have been, con- people have been conditioned to accept it as a no. Mm-hmm. That's something. It's like I think somebody's comments on one of the WhatsApp groups I was on is just like steel. Mm. Like when he, when the person said steel, I had to do some research. Like, is this even recent? But you know, it's steel because it's normal. Um, these guys don't. Um, there's a whole. Um, it's 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 like a it's like people in Nigeria aspire to be within a certain kind of bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, we're just watching the video right now of a lady at a party carrying. Um, in fact, she wasn't carrying. Somebody was greeting her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was. You know, she must be. You know, it's, it's not somebody that we recognize immediately. Um, but apparently, that's how you show that you are important in Nigeria. So, if you are important in Nigeria, you don't carry your own. A briefcase. So the U.S. president will carry his briefcase. The French president will carry his brief briefcase when he travels. Uh, the British prime minister will do the same. But in Nigeria, um, the president cannot even hold his own pen. Okay. Uh, for that matter, the president's wife cannot hold uh, her own pen. You know. So you have ten officials, people who are paid, some of them handsomely, who will carry briefcases and other things uh, for people in power. So in this particular case, there's this woman, you know, who, who is at a party and uh, they, I guess the caterer at the event is, of course, you know, uh, doing what they call the balleting in Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, almost uh, kneeling for her, genuflecting, <laughs> and uh, she's blessing the woman by touching her back. Mm-hmm. And then there's a police officer following this woman who is collecting food for her. So this woman is so important. She's so extra human, beyond the human, that she can't carry her own plates. Or, you know, the the world will just shatter Mm -hmm. if she would only carry her own plate. So she needs a Nigerian police officer in a country where crime is shooting through the roofs, where we don't have enough officers to enforce the laws to fight crimes but we found one whose job description that day included carrying the plate for this non-entity okay uh who is just decked out like a peacock you know Uh, and so in in a lot of ways we become a peacock society okay Mm -hmm. uh that's which is part of what played out in dubai yeah i mean it's a level of 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 um uh, I don't know, it, but I call it, it's, it's the society intellect or understanding or I think there's a failure and there's been a consistent failure of basic education in Nigeria. And yes, people yes, will have all these stats of Nigerians being the most educated people, left, right and center. But for a large part of it, it just, it just seems like there's a failure of basic education. There's a failure. In fact, I was reading, uh, going through Chief for those who don't know who he is, he's um, a stalwart, and I think right now he's still the leader of the uh, Yoruba political um, movement, even though he's 94 years old. 
he's never held office he's never been in any public positions or anything but he's he's he's, he's um in this time he was you know and even in his interview he was talking about it how um you know he, he said a lot of things in his interview left right and center but you know even he he was saying one of the main things about Nigeria is the fact that um, there seems to be a failure of understanding. He was pointing to the journalist at one point in his interview and saying, hey, why don't you go and uh, protest? And the journalist is saying, if I protest, they'll shut down my uh, listing. Alluding to the fact that if you had gone back 10, 15, 20 years ago, people were protesting. In fact, one of the, one of the stories I, I always took for granted, I didn't take was a serious one, was when I heard, when I read, and then heard, that Wally Shrinker actually walked into a radio station back in the day and took over, right? I still find it hard to believe mm-hmm. that he did that, but, you know, apparently he did. Um, and you look at the history of a level of activism, and the activism wasn't there because those guys were necessarily more educated. It was there because they believed they, they had a bright future. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't act in terms of activism, they were not going to achieve their future. And history has proven them right because you see like the, the, the Singapore's and mm-hmm. so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So, you know, you, you look at it, it, it you, you look at the interaction with people who, Nigerians who live overseas um, in different countries, and that is not even an issue mm-hmm. anymore. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, people barely care about it. Um, whether it's that one, whether we're looking at... Um, different situations like the um the news this morning that abakiari that's the super cop was going to get extradited in fact the only reason is making um is interesting in any way shape or form is because hush puppy and all this all these quasi celebrities are involved Mm -hmm. um if not it's like well another day in the office for a typical nigerian yeah um and it, it 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 speaks to um, a sense of trying to awaken something mm-hmm. within the Nigerian populace. Yeah. Well, you know, the, so the, this is the way I look at it. To go back to uh, what transpired in Dubai, mm-hmm. right? So Nigerian officials have, um, for years now, so they're using Dubai as an extension of Nigeria, as it were. So, you know, so Nigeria becomes this terribly dirty, dysfunctional space. Uh, where politicians and uh, those with access to power can steal funds. So you steal funds in Nigeria, but then you live life in Dubai and elsewhere. So, um, so, so, so there's this relay, you know, people now arrange and go to Dubai for uh, their birthday parties, okay? Uh, people go to Dubai for their weddings. People go to Dubai just for the weekend. You know, we have the money. It's we a destination to, of choice. It's a destination destination of choice. Uh, but also what it says, the more um, Dubai becomes a destina- destination of choice, the more South Africa, it used to be South Africa at one point, mm-hmm. you know, just post-apartheid Nigerians were rushing in, they're buying property and so on and so forth. Uh, but what is it that these spaces have that you don't have in Nigeria? You have a sense of order, okay? You have a sense of human imagination and human intelligence at play, okay? And, and, and so these are people who have spent the time to build a society 
that can sustain life. A society where you can say that people, a society that is habitable, that is hospitable to the, uh, to what it means to be human, right? Where if, if, if you are sick, uh, you, you can trust the hospitals to give you first-class treatment. You can trust that an ambulance will come to your residence and pick you up in, a, in, a, in time. You can be sure that the doctors are well-trained, you know, not quacks who are more miracle workers and who depend on prayer rather than medical knowledge. Um, so where the roads are good, so when you go from uh, uh, location A to B, you don't have to pray and fast that God will lead you there. The roads are good and uh, traffic laws are enforced. Okay, mm-hmm. so, um, so in a sense then, what you have in Dubai, what you have in South Africa, what you have to some measure in Ghana, which is another destination that Nigerians uh, sort of go into, what you have in the United States, in France, in Germany, in Britain, uh, certain basic facilities that make life livable, okay? And so the irony, compounded by a paradox, is that here you have Nigerian officials who have contributed to the absolute despoliation of their country, who have turned their country into this uh, inhuman, uninhabitable space, nevertheless don't feel any harm, don't feel any sense of shame, don't feel the irony of running off to these spaces that people have ordered. And so it says something about ultimately their lack of a sense of confidence. Okay? Because all it takes, if you look at, you look at Rwanda, mm-hmm. okay? So Rwanda is a society that doesn't have the resources of Nigeria, but their leadership created a country where you can depend on institutions to work, basic institutions, right? From that the streets are clean to start with, and that the hospitals work as hospitals should work. Uh, that the schools uh, give sound education. So, so when you have the Governor's Wives Forum go to Dubai for Dubai Expo 2020, how about Lagos Expo 2020? How about Nigeria Expo 2020? How about teaching other countries First of all, how about certain examples of investing in education, investing in technology in Nigeria, and then other countries will come and learn from you for a change? How about having excellent hospitals, centers of medical practice in Nigeria, so that we hear for once that the French president is sick and he came to Nigeria because Nigeria has the best uh, Voodoo 
Oh my gosh. This is the funniest thing I've heard. Yeah, how about we actually have the best Babalawas, right? Yeah. Uh, who, you know, yeah. Of course, I, read that, I, I read that in um, George T. Barzan's book about the, the what was it, in between Oka and this thing where there was a town where if you wanted to talk to your um, departed ones, you could come there and conversate with them. So maybe we'll have a tourist attraction. Like. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's this clown in Anambra State who uh, calls himself something, Akanasocho or something. <laughs> and uh, on one occasion, he, he threatened to wake up seven or so people who had died and the governor of the state had to step in and order the police to have the man arrested. And there's a guy who will lead people to go to a dirty stream to bathe themselves naked so that money, money, money would come. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so but, but the fact that we are... You know, the fact of this return to a very uh, primordial mindset has something to do with the kind of leadership that Nigeria has had for 60 plus years. Okay. And it's, it's that kind of leadership that has not made life um, uh, livable for the vast majority of its citizens. Uh, that opens people up ultimately to believing in all the very fantastical things that some Nigerians believe in. Um, and so, so, so for the governor's wives, first of all, for Buhari's wife to go to Dubai and spend her birthday and to spend prolonged periods in Dubai, Nigerians ought to ask who is paying for her stay in Dubai. If it is Nigerians who are paying, then it's an insult and an outrage because already in Asurok you have the one of the most um, expensive and obscenely decked out um, uh, spaces in the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I was watching live um, uh, people that went for the expo. We just happened to know a few people who actually went from, from Nigeria for the expo. Um, I didn't really see anything there that was spectacular. I mean, you know, some nice aesthetic designs here and there. I didn't really see anything there that they were doing much. You know, they, it, it didn't seem anything more than what a government parastatal, a couple of civil servants should have handled. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in this case, you had a whole uh, squad. Yeah. Of, of, of first ladies. <laughs> and it, so, so these are junkets, you know, they, they, they go on these trips. Um, and we have to understand that there is no constitutional role for the so-called first lady. And the whole description of the wives of Nigeria's uh, presidents or governors as Her Excellency is odious. You know, they're not, they're, there's, they have no office. The first lady is not an office. So the first lady of a, of, of a state which is, which again is, it's, it's, you know, it's sort of the kind of thing that we, we, we turn into a fetish in Nigeria. You know, uh, the first lady, Her Excellency, chief doctor. Okay. Um, first of all, there's, it's, it's a fiction. Okay. You are married to the governor, you are married to the president. Okay. You are the president's spouse or the governor's spouse. This whole thing of first lady is an affectation. Um, 
But okay, we should allow you your affectation. We should allow you your sense of grandeur and of um, um, aggrandizement. But please do not do it at the expense of the public. Let us not pay for that foolishness. If Buhari's wife wants to go to Dubai or to the moon to spend her birthday, it's her right, provided she's spending her own money. Okay? Nigerians already have too many uh, crises on their hands. Okay? So we're coming off, off of COVID. We're an already terrible jobless rate was worsened where people have lost uh, their resources, have lost their uh, investments in all kinds of sectors. Uh, there is a fuel crisis currently in place. And so for these governor's wives to go to Dubai and celebrate a birthday and then issue a statement saying, no, we just didn't go for the junket. We went for to, to be told by some superhumans that we should invest in uh, more in technology and education and in youth uh, uh, empowerment and so on. So the question is, since they came back, since they returned from that junket in Dubai, if you ask all the governor's wives who went, how many of them have written a memo to their husbands saying, please invest in education, invest in youth, invest in women? How many of them? I can tell you that if you check, the number will be zero. Because it was a, a vacation they went to, and the public just paid for their vacation. You know? Uh, but, but, but Nigerians can no longer afford to continue to pay uh, for these things, you know? And, and, and that's part, part of why the issue of leadership Political leadership, bureaucratic leadership is crucial, which is one of the things that we emphasize on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I saw a couple of uh, people's reactions, celebrities that were talking about, you know, PVC voting, um, vote them out. Um, and understandably, you know, talking about there was, there was the four crisis essentially in Nigeria was that first there was, well, I'll say first, part of the crisis is that there was bad fuel imported in. Um, nobody was nothing, no head, not, nothing, no accountability of any sort. Uh, bad for that damaged people's vehicles, damaged people's generators, um, regular people who work hard, who don't have access to stealing money or government coffers, uh, stuck with the bill of buying new equipment, um, which they have to generate their own power for the most part in Nigeria. And then in the middle of all that, you have, um, a guy who, doesn't seem to be really present, you know. Um, a lot of people at this point in time, you know, I mean, but the man is just simply not present. He just doesn't seem to be interested in being a president of, of being a leader of the entire country. I don't think I have a president of any kind. So in the middle of all that, you have all these things down. You have um, East um, Dubai or this and that. Um, you don't have, you have worsening security crisis in Nigeria. And, um, yeah, these guys are off. They don't, they don't, they don't even live in Nigeria anymore. Um, everybody's kids, um, outside the country within Nigeria. So I don't know how, 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 I mean, how, how effective is it, is it even going to be 
trying to affect change from the ballot box. Um, that's something I keep thinking about. Well, oh, no. I tell you something. I mean, uh, you and I have been talking about this um, uh, outside of this podcast. And of course, our informal conversations ultimately um, come into play in, in the podcast. But the political uh, domain is, in the end, a very tiny uh, portion of the crisis in the country. But it's, it's tiny, but it's vital. Okay? And so that's why I say that if we have, if we pay attention on electing leaders who have a minimal understanding of what it means to be a leader, Okay, um, that leadership can then galvanize the profound change that the profound transformation that we need in every sector in Nigeria. Okay, um, because every every sector is broken, and that's why that's why it's for me it's annoying that they. Governors' wives will say, "Oh, look, look at what! Look at the note we copied in Dubai. Look at look at what we learned. <laughs> we learned that, and that kind of language, you know, there should be an uptake. You know, that mm. sort of, you know, um, NGO-ish uh, language. Yeah, you know, yeah. we need an uptake in investment. But guess what? It's your, uh, you know, the, the people who are running the country are your husbands. Okay." If your husbands did not know that investing in education, real solid investment in education, is the pathway to a country's emergence into uh, a developed a developed uh, nation, then your your husbands had no reason being in those public spaces. And if you, their wives, needed to go to Dubai to be told by uh, Dubai experts and so on, uh, that there should be an uptake in investment in technology and so on. Then, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what kind of humans are you? Because, the, you see, because the tragedy is that in Nigeria, you have some of the most enlightened and educated and informed people. There are people who know that you need investment in education in Nigeria, who knew it you know, from, you know, 600 years BC, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and yet these people are not at the centers. They don't have the levers of power. And those are the ones who should take charge. Not these hustlers who find themselves there, who are, you know, just, as I said, it's a peacock society. You know, these things that they wear, and in the end, inside is empty. They are empty. There is nothing to them. Okay? So they wear all these expensive things, you know, gale and so on. But the mind itself is hollow. And you can't run a country with people with hollow minds or people who live as John Boyan said. People who live for their stomachs alone. Okay, so people who are constantly thinking of what more can I grab? What more can I eat? Life is more than eating. And yet Nigeria is run by governors, by presidents, by their wives. 
Pools and Titan is, oh, let me go and enjoy Dubai, a country that other people who are like you, they're not angels from outer space, they're like you, they built that society. And if, if you applied your minds, if you dreamt it, and you worked with discipline, you can create the same society. So, um, you know, you were talking about uh, the educated people and to a large degree, right? A lot of educated people in Nigeria, a lot of enlightened people, a lot of people who you would term as, you know, to some degree enlightened. Um, a lot of people talk about, especially in this day and age, especially after the last seven years plus of Buhari, um, people have awakened to what was always there. Um, again, I was reading not just Chifaya Debanjo, love people, um, feel there shouldn't be an elections without um, looking at the constitution mm-hmm. because it doesn't hold, it doesn't seem to hold the system accountable. Mm-hmm. That's what they feel. I mean, it's been exposed that, you know, it doesn't, people feel like you can do and get away with anything that there should be a level that should be the, the constitution should be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I mean, I was reading, like I said, I was reading the interview this morning. And if not, it was like, he's not a, he's not, a, he's not for or against, um, secession of any kind. Mm-hmm. He's not for it. He's not yes, against he's it. Not against it. It all, all, it all matters. Um, what actions are taken next. Sure. Um, and people feel that that should be the key, mm-hmm. not just, uh, voting people in. Sure. No, I think, I think that, uh, that point is unassailable, actually. Um, uh, so we were talking about the, the, the fact that just going to vote is not going to solve the problems. And, and of course, they're not going to solve the problems. Then Nigeria has our document, our guiding document. I, they're called the Constitution. It's a very defective, um, in fact, people will call it an unconstitutional document. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, first of all, it did not proceed from any form of conversation amongst Nigerians. It was a bequest, uh, of the military, the last military regime, uh, headed by uh, Abdul, Abdul Salami Abubakar, you know, so he basically crafted this rogue document and impose it on us as the thing to lead us. And whether you have a good trip and whether you ultimately arrive at a destination, of course, a nation never quite arrives at a destination. A nation is an interminable, interminably deferred uh, destination, right? So when you, at every point you have a place where a nation wants to be in its progression, but then it dreams up new dreams and tries to get there. But if you have a defective roadmap, if you and I want to go from here to California, okay, to Los Angeles, and we start with a roadmap that is defective, we could end up in Toronto, we could end up in Ottawa, we could end up, you know, in Mexico, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so, so you need a, a good roadmap. And the Nigerian constitution now, um, first of all, in its distribution of powers between the center and uh, the federating units, it's clearly uh, unsupportable. 
Okay, uh, there's too much center, uh, there's too much power in the center, and so they, they, um, uh, they, 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 the temptation to abuse that power is very strong. And so uh, it's like in every state election, you know, the state executive has to go to, uh, to Abuja to beg the president, uh, please, would you allow uh, free and fair election, or at least would you allow us to also rig against your party, you know, so if we rig more, would you allow us to, to come on top? You know, instead of you just imposing uh, the will of your party uh, by manipulate by using the military, the police, and the uh, secret service agents to basically rubber stamp an illegality and so on. So those things cannot hold. And the fact that Nigeria has perhaps the most um, expansive concept of what they call immunity from prosecution, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, so that the Nigerian president can literally, or the, any governor in Nigeria could literally kill a human being. And they say, okay, he is still the governor. Let's wait until he leaves office. And yet we know what happened to um, uh, Blagovich, the governor in, uh, in Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. Who was trying, just on the phone, conversing with different people, trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. Okay, he hadn't received a, a dime. The FBI was listening to him. They went into his office and shackled him. So immunity covers you for your legitimate constitutional acts as a governor or president. Okay, when you commit a crime in the office, you're not covered by immunity. But Nigerian governors are not questioned when they steal funds. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, they say, oh, wait, let him finish in office. It shouldn't be. Okay, and then what we call security vote, which is one of the most scandalous scams ever invented. Okay, of course, and we're going to do a special thing. On there, but, but basically, what it is is that you know every state and the federal government votes a, a considerably huge amount of money, often in excess of the annual salary of the U.S. president, often in excess, every month. And they put it in the hands of a governor, okay? And the governor can spend this money at his will. Usually they pocket the money. And uh, if you ask questions, they say, oh, it's security, security vote. So he went into security, wink, wink. You know, so it's, it's like we have invented a, a constitution that is a corrupt constitution, as a scam constitution, that enables the most venal behavior by people who are in office. So all of these need to be addressed. And so to go to the particular question about secession, first of all, as Shoyuka has often said, there is nothing sacrosanct about a nation. A nation, there's nothing sacrosanct about your family or about mine. My wife and I stay together only as long as we have respect for each other. Very true. If I'm treating my wife terribly or if she treats me terribly, there's nothing that says you must stay in this marriage. Mm -hmm. So for Nigeria to hold as a nation, Nigeria be better organized around principles of justice and equity and fairness. If you decide 
we must force all the groups, constituent groups in Nigeria to stay within Nigeria, but only one part or two parts or a few parts will divvy up and share to themselves the resources of the country to the exclusion of some. You have no moral or constitutional right to say to those areas that you've excluded from participation in your life, in the life of the nation, that they must be part of it. So I actually believe in what I call a dynamic nation. And the principle of dynamic, dy dynamism is that a nation can contract, grow smaller, or it can grow bigger. Okay? So tomorrow, some part of Cameroon could decide to join Nigeria. If they have a plebiscite, if they have a referendum, Nigeria could say, yeah. On the other hand, a part of Nigeria, states, regions could say, we no longer care for Nigeria. If the vast majority of the people in that region vote to leave the Nigerian space, I actually morally and strongly support that kind of move. I mean, that's well said, man. That's well said. I think it's just that lack of um, accountability to society that is lacking in Nigeria. Just like you said, um, if you go through the histories of a lot of countries, um, in fact, if you go through the histories of even ethnic groups mm -hmm. in Nigeria, the Igbos, uh, the Arab Confederacy, mm -hmm. the Inuri Kingdom, um, it was mostly, um, uh, that's why it's called the Confederacy, really. Mm -hmm. It was mostly uh, people joined on their own volition, yeah. if you go back in history. And a few other kingdoms here and there had their own volitions, uh, people joined, but all that was obviously taken away from us. Um, and we've had the opportunity and we keep having the opportunity to structure things in a way where we are uh, people in Nigeria, are stakeholders in Nigeria, and not ending up in different places in you know every hot spot in the world. You find Nigerians. Uh, in fact, mm -hmm. if I remember something somebody said in you know the ongoing crisis in Ukraine, mm -hmm. and somebody came into one of the groups I'm in, and he he says, um, "What shocks him is that they are Nigerians in Ukraine. He doesn't know what they're doing." <laughs> well, so it all goes to the, the issue uh, that we started with, right? Where they. Um, the chairperson of the uh, Nigerian Governor's Wives Forum says that they went to Dubai to learn that they needed uh, to increase investment in education, right? Uh, Ukraine has, um, if not a solid educational system, it has one that is, is far superior to that of Nigeria, okay? And so Nigerians go there to get educated. Nigerians go, Nigerians go there for jobs. Okay, and the thing is that we have a gifted population. Oh, you know, I, there's this story that I I meant to tell you uh, up the air. So there's this doctor in Connecticut who is a friend of mine. So he um, he and I were talking last week, and uh, he told me of um, that he received a strange uh, message on uh, a messenger from somebody who is his friend, a messenger. And so, you know, the, the person was saying, oh, you know, this, uh, some money is being distributed, you know, yeah, you know, go and claim yours and so on. So he said, the woman who was sending this message to him didn't strike him as the kind of person who believed this scam and then would send it to him. So he wrote to the person, he said, listen, 
I know this is a scam. Uh, you know, you are not, you know, who you're, you've hijacked this woman's uh, account. So it turned out that he's a Nigerian guy somewhere in Abiyokuta, okay, who uh, was uh, sending the thing. So, and so once he told the guy it's a scam, the guy said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's true, you know, and said, I, you know, I, you know, my family and I are suffering, you know, yeah, I need help, so I stay on the, you know, so, so this guy, this doctor shared with me this massive uh, reams of uh, text messages going back and forth with this guy. So he said it, and he was asking me, how can I help this guy, okay? How can I, what can I make him do? So one of the things he was thinking of, he said, this guy is good. He said uh, that he has staff, you know, so this guy is, um, you know, um, chiropractic, you know, has a chiropractic practice. Um, so he was saying, should he give him names of people in the area so that he'll call them to come to his practice for care? And then he'll pay the guy. I said, please don't entrust him with the names of people that he can then scam. Okay, so I said, let's think of other ways to help this guy. But he showed me the picture of this guy. Um, and uh, so I asked him as we were talking, I said, that's how I found out. So I said to him, ask the guy um, which state he's from. So the guy, he wrote to the guy, and the guy replied immediately, say, said, I'm from Oshun State. I said, but ask him where he's located, because I said, you know, I typically know that those who do these camps are in big cities like Lagos or Enugu or, or Potakot or Abuja. So he asked the guy, but where are you looking? He said, I built with good state, you know. Um, so, so he was telling me, he said that in his conversations with this guy, that he was impressed with the guy's intelligence. He said he asked the guy, He's, so this doctor says that he has a few things he wanted to sell. Mm -hmm. So he told this guy to go and uh, register an account for me on eBay. He said within two minutes, the guy had done it. Wow. He said, set up a, uh, an email account for the guy does it immediately. So he said he put the things he wants to sell on eBay, the account that this guy, and he said, if I sell it, I'm going to give the guy all the money. So he said, that's how he's, you know, one of the ways is thinking to help this guy. But what struck this doctor, who's a white American, is he says to me, okay, this is a very brilliant man. And I said to him, yes, Nigeria is a country of brilliant people who've been reduced sometimes to uh, criminal activities in order to feed themselves and their families, to care for themselves and their families, because the political leadership in the country and beyond the political leadership, also other kinds of leaders, like the bureaucratic, like the religious, have failed Nigerians, okay? So, so because if you think of the intelligence, you know, we're talking again of hush puppy, right, mm -hmm. before this program. If you think at, at the, about the operation that hush puppy ran on other people's money, on stolen money, okay? Oh my gosh, if Hush Puppy were put, uh, given an opportunity, at least somebody like him, were given an opportunity to create change, to, you know, to run something with a positive bent, you have the same kind of success. He put his mind to criminal activity and he excelled. Okay. In the end, what really got him is 
this combination of that extraordinary intelligence that enabled him to get millions of dollars from operations, businesses, personalities around the world. But that sense of aggrandizement, I must show off, I must come and stand in front of my car, and I must, you know, have hush puppy written on the back of everything, and I must wear designer things, and I'm going to, uh, you know, um, rent helicopters to go watch a tennis game, and I must put it on social media. So when you do all, all of that, very soon authorities begin to say, where is that money coming from? That's what doomed this guy, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So we have geniuses in Nigeria who unfortunately um, are compelled to exercise that genius in negative criminal directions. With a positive kind of leadership, you can channel all, all of that energy, you can harness it in the direction of productivity, in the direction of creation of legitimate wealth, okay? So, do you know why I know that the Governor's Wise Forum did not need to go to Dubai to learn that their husbands needed to invest more in education, technology, youth, empowerment, and so on? Do you know how I know? How do you know? I know because not one of them will have their children going to schools in Nigeria. Okay? Not one of them would submit themselves to be treated for even a headache in a Nigerian hospital. If they have sustained headache, they fly abroad. Okay? Not one of them would um, want their children okay, to travel through Nigerian roads for just take a road trip. You know, my wife and I love long drives, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes we say we're going to go for 10 days and we're going to drive across the United States. And we do 5,000 5, miles stopping at different places in this country, right? Mm -hmm. Just checking into a hotel uh, when I get tired of driving because I love to drive. I have to drive exclusively. Um, it used to be possible to do that sort of thing in Nigeria. To get in the car, I remember years ago, Ben Okri, when I was a journalist in Lagos, Ben Okri came to Nigeria from London, which was his base, uh, then and now, mm -hmm. and he did a road trip through, through Nigeria, and he will come back, you know, we'll meet over uh, at a joint, you know, Mamapu joint, and talk <laughs> about his experiences, then he will take off again to a different part of Nigeria. How many governor's wives or governors in Nigeria will say to their son and daughter, here's the key to a car, drive from, drive through four states in Nigeria. No, no, no. Growing okay. up, though, for me in the 90s, I mean, I, yeah. I did so, that. So, so, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So, so Nigeria has got progressively worse. Every other society, you know, we, you know the leader of Dubai, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, the man who modernized Dubai. How many years ago? 30 years ago was when he said, he sat down and said, I want the best for my country. He did a 60 minutes program mm -hmm. and the 60 minutes, uh, you know, 60 minutes guy said, you know, I think it's uh, Croft, the guys, and said, you know, what do you mean the best? He said, I wanted my country, my people to have the best education, the best financial, the best medical practice. Okay. And the guy said, but other people would do this in a generation. You did it quickly. He said, yeah, I wanted my people to have all these things now. 
Nigerian governors, if you take yourself seriously, want your people to have the best life now. You know? Want your state, first of all, be tempted for once to attempt excellence. Be tempted. Okay? Because what you attempt, which is to continue to steal resources, you're just, you look like a village idiot <laughs> at the end of the day. Do you understand? I mean, so I'm, I'm Catholic. So yesterday was, you know, Ash Wednesday, right? Yeah. So, and I'm moved by that invocation. You are ash. You are dust, sorry. And unto dust you will return. If we had that sense, okay, look at the here. Look at the Lamas here. Mm-hmm. And all the resources that he was accused of stealing. And he died just like that. Look at... Uh, 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 um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sani Abacha. Okay? Stole billions. Died like that. It, what, of what use is the money when you're dead? So at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, our fate is to die. And when we die, we're remembered by the memories that we created. If all the memory we can boast of is, oh, when I was governor or president, oh, I stole a lot of money. You look so tragically pitiful because that money wouldn't help you. And ultimately, even when your family has that money, within a few years, if not sooner, they dissipate, they just squander that money and they look just like as foolish as everybody else. Okay? So I said to governors, why don't you, why doesn't one governor in Nigeria or one president say, I'm going to sacrifice my greed and I'm going to work for Nigerians? Because you know what? Nigerian governors and presidents are already too well paid. Yep. So do it for a change. Do it. And so your wives don't have to go to Dubai to come back with very foolish lessons that they can learn sitting back in the you know state houses you would know because you are not sending your children to schools in Nigeria therefore you know that the schools in Nigeria are not good if the schools in Nigeria were the school like were like the schools in Britain and the US guess what you will send your, your children to school in Nigeria if the hospitals in Nigeria were as good as the ones elsewhere in the world. When you are sick, you ask for a room in a hospital in your state. So if you're not going to your state for treatment, but you're flying abroad, that should tell you all you need to know. And it should tell you that if you're a serious leader, a serious leader, I've never heard of the Filipino president come to America or come to Nigeria for medical treatment, or the Ghanaian president, or the president of South Africa, they get treated in their countries. Quite true, quite true. I mean, it's, um, it's a conundrum. Um, it's, a, it's a conundrum. I was actually driving out yesterday. Um, we all went to church in mass in the evening. I mean, just go. And, um, you know, my wife was, my wife was talking about, um, my office window because yes. I have this thing where I can switch the windows and essentially I can see you more than you can see me and she's like well 
we were driving out and you know because we don't we haven't been able to go out much at night and then she's like but people can actually make out that you're in the office area yes. I'm like yeah you know but if you're looking at America as a whole most houses have um, windows where you can see from the outside you can see inside almost every house it's just that maybe you hadn't felt it before up until now for a lot of reasons I'm like yeah I said if you're comparing that to Nigeria where the first thing you do once you buy one is to build 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 a wall is to build a a contraption yes. that seems to be like you want to trap yourself it's, it's a prison it's a prison and we, we we build wonderful houses beautiful houses majestic houses then we turn it into prisons I mean it looks like in fact if you go back into the history of Nigeria a lot of figures that got that got arrested or detained yes. and they didn't want to put them in prisons yes. um, whether it was the coups in Navadipodia whether it was Abiola mm-hmm. They literally just took them to a house. Yes. <laughs> just and, and, and had them in the house. And <laughs> I was jealous. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and I was you know, they didn't have to even, they just put a couple of security guys in front and already Nigerian houses are constructed like prison yards um, to keep people, I don't know, you know. So anyway, yeah, so you know, on, on that, man, I will pause this episode. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, I'm happy that we've had a laugh, um, which is in a sense um, how we survive in Nigeria. You know that uh, our lives can be so absurd that um, if you focus on the absurdity alone, uh, you just come down with high blood pressure, and you know it just kills you. So at the end of the day, um, we laugh, but the state of the country is not a laughing matter. Um, um, somebody could say, why are you people uh, so exercised by the fact that uh, a bunch of uh, governor's wives went to Dubai to celebrate uh, the birthday of uh, the first lady? Uh, as part of their junket to see an expo where they are learning lessons that they could have learned sitting in their homes. And the reason is that the little failures in Nigeria, okay, ultimately translate into the larger tragedies of that space. So that uh, when uh, our leaders and their families and spouses do not... uh, take cognizance of the fact that um, there are certain acts that they um, engage in that sort of mirror the larger malaise of the country, you know. Um, So we have to point these things out and um, we hope uh, ultimately that especially young people are listening, that people who want to become leaders are listening. You know, it is not all about money, okay? Um, uh, Money is important, but even what's more important is one's contribution to one's society. When we are dead, money doesn't help us. It's our legacy that continues to live in the hearts and memory of other people. So we want leaders who would inspire people rather than um, represent uh, idiocy. 
Thank you very much for joining us on this edition of Offside Musings, and we look forward to uh, you joining us again uh, in the next edition. Thank you. Yep.